0: Welcome to Home Education Matters, the weekly podcast supporting you on your home education journey. to another episode of Home Education Matters. And today I am really pleased to be joined again by Helen Harold and Jenny Cassidy from Dumb Ox Learning. And today we are going to be talking about home educating through to age 18. Now, a lot of home educators stop at about 14 or at about 16. Not that many of us are brave enough to go all the way through to 18. Some of us are crazy enough to do it. And today we're going to be talking about the challenges, but also the benefits and different options that you might have available if you want to keep your child at home, home educating until they are 18. So hello, Helen, and hello, Jenny. Do tell us a little bit about yourselves before we launch into home educating until you're 18.
1: Hi, I (laughs) am Helen. I've been home educating for a long time. Uh, my eldest is 28 so he went to school for a year or two uh, and then we started homeschooling in a, at a time where very very few people were homeschooling um i've got seven kids uh my youngest is 15 so we've still got because i will home educate till 18 so we've still got another the rest of this year and two more years to go um and it's been uh, an amazing journey you know it just it required a lot of courage, I think, at the beginning, because so few people were doing it. And now many, many more people are doing it, which is marvellous. And lot, so many more people see the benefits of it. Uh, so it's been uh, an amazing, it have been such an amazing time for our family that we've been able to do that. And it's made us it much closer, I think, to family. Sorry. How long have
0: you been doing it all together then? How long have you been home educating, like in uh,
1: about, years now then? Uh, probably about 21 years, 21 years. Yeah. So you'll have seen a lot of changes over that time. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean I'd, I'd say that the every i don't know every kind of two years there's like an attempt by the government to do something and then there's like you know this big campaign within home education circles and th- you know thankfully things have been averted you know we haven't haven't had enormous changes uh which which has been amazing uh i'd say the american system has become much more uh, popular in the last few years uh, but still obviously most families are doing gcses and then you know just it's, it's just not as weird anymore. You know, you mentioned to somebody in the supermarket or you mentioned to somebody, you know, wherever you might be, you're home educating and people people know what you're talking about. It's not like, uh, <laughs> you know, they've met somebody else that's being home educated. So that's, that's probably been the biggest change.
0: I think Covid helped with that. But I know also before Covid. So around about 2017-ish, there was a kind of process of off-rolling in a lot of the schools where they just kind of like tossed out the pupils that they didn't particularly want to keep on the school roll. And I I noticed at that point when we were home educated, there was a slight shift in public perception. People had heard of it a bit more. They didn't seem to see it as quite so wacky. So what about you, Jenny? What's your home education journey?
2: Well, it's funny, actually, because it's similar to Helen's in that we also have seven children. Uh, Partly are the things we have in common has made us fast friends over the years. Um, But our kids are similar ages to Helen's and we have twins at the end. So we've got two still at home that have two years left to go. Um, They're just will be turning 14. We've also followed an American high school diploma route. And we did actually homeschool in Austria for 12 years. And we've lived in Northern Ireland, and now we're in England. Um, we started in Scotland, so we we you know we've we've done a bit of moving around, but homeschooling has been the thing that stayed static kind of thing. I mean, I'm so grateful that even moving countries, mo- moving you know completely change of life, the one thing that has stayed steady is our school days. <laughs> Um, you know big advantage of homeschooling right.
0: As a world schooler I found that as well that even on the planes, we kept the same kind of rhythm to our days so that you know we did lessons when we did lessons and and we sort of like did our reading when we did our reading and there was no matter where we were in the world even if we were transiting we had that kind of thread of continuity so are you going to take your your two twins up to 18 as, as being home educated or yes. are you going to stop at 16?
2: No, we'll keep going. We've um, That's what we've done with all of them. And yeah, it's been a huge benefit to our family to be able to do that. Um, I mean, a little bit different, only having two at home. Um, you know, so different than having a, a house full of kids. But yeah, we'll continue. We're doing that, as I say, the high school diploma. So we need to complete it. So it'll be that that four-year process. So another no. couple of years to go. Now,
0: for me, I, my son, my son and I sat down when he was 16. And we had a long conversation about whether he wanted to go to college to do his A levels or do his A levels at home. And I didn't mind either way. I really didn't, you know, I wanted him to choose the route that he wanted to choose. And he after lots of spreadsheets, because he's a bit that way, he decided that he'd done a kind of time analysis, and he worked out that it would be more efficient for him to do his A levels at home. Now, a year and a half down the line. So he's halfway through his final year of A-levels. I am deeply regretting (laughs) that decision that he made because it's cost me a fortune in tutors because he's doing maths and physics and numerous other things that I just cannot help him with. And even self-studying, I think would be just a bit dull for him. So I chose to get tutors for two of his Mm A-levels. And the practicals for physics have cost me a fortune. The A-levels themselves, I'm in paying in installments and it's 500 pounds a month for six months um and it's just it's been uh really difficult I found it very difficult I I felt a little bit outside his learning which because I can't help him with any of his subjects because they're a bit difficult for me I'm a bit more humanities and he's a bit more science And he's really been quite isolated in his learning, apart from his tutors that are all online. One of his subjects is marine science, which there's just no resources for online. There's no tutors. It's really difficult to self-study that. He's literally just got the textbook and he's just self-studying that one. So if, if you asked me, and I've had this conversation with him actually recently, I would go back in time to when he was 16 and push a lot harder for him just to go to my local college. It's very good. He could have walked down the road. He could have done three A-levels, maths, further maths, physics would have enabled him to get into a lot more universities. He's doing four, but none of them are further maths. It's been a complicated ride. It's complicated A-levels. I'm finding them a lot of, you know, like the uh, choosing the specs has been difficult. One of our tutors let us down, taught him the wrong spec. It's all been a bit of a ride, to be honest, a lot more stressful than home educating up to 16 so I'm going to freely admit now in the podcast that if I could go back in time, I would be pushing him a lot more to go to the local college because I have found home educating through to 18 really quite challenging. Now, I've got a question for you both. Am I doing it wrong? Have I chosen the wrong route? Like where, where have I gone wrong then? Because for me, it's difficult for me to in authenticity recommend people to go up to 18 because I've just found it personally so difficult
1: okay so uh, doing a levels from home i think it's difficult you know i and i we do know i do know people that have done it uh, but i would say it, it is difficult and expensive i mean that that does seem to be the situation because as a parent you know perhaps you know i did an economics degree so i think right okay i could do economics a level probably could teach maths a level at a push you know but what happens if my kids don't actually want to do those a levels you know we've got to be of a problem Uh, And my husband, you know, perhaps he could do one, you know, he did languages, perhaps he could do like German A-level. But yeah, as you say, what if my kids want to do physics and chemistry and biology, it's like, uh, (laughs) that's a bit (laughs) stuck. So yeah, I think think it's really difficult to do A-levels from home, but I suppose we're not doing A-levels from home, you know, and and it's almost like because they're so difficult to do at home, that's why we're not doing them at home. That's not the qualification that we've chosen to do. Uh, you know the qualification we've chosen to do is something you know which is much easier to do at home and, and can almost that's that's why we're doing it. Uh, so we wouldn't we wouldn't choose to do A levels I wouldn't personally choose A levels. I just think I think it's just much much too hard to do at home and expensive. So that isn't what we're doing.
0: Well, I feel I find that quite reassuring then because at least it proves <laughs> I'm not going completely mad. Jenny, what do you think?
2: The same, yeah. I mean, we wanted to keep our kids home as long as we could um we kind of stumbled on the american system because in the in the years that we lived in austria we were living with americans we were at an, an american university study abroad program campus and um it it was the homeschoolers there the americans that, that just you know that's when we began homeschooling we asked them well what do we do how do we go about this and they were like, well, this is what we do. So we just kind of, you know, we, we didn't really do an awful lot of research, to be honest. It was just kind of, that's what we came upon. That was our kind of mentors when we began. So we just we just went with that with that system. Um and as the years have gone by, we realize that that it it has proved to be the right thing to do for us um our eldest was actually he turned 17 when he finished just because i don't know where his birthday fell and he had been in he was our only child that had been in school for two years in scotland so he started very young so he started homeschooling at six um our others started homeschooling at six as well pretty much (laughs) but um so i think he was a little bit ahead so he finished at 17 um and some have finished at 18, some have been 17. uh, And yeah, I mean, I have just loved having them home at that age and them not going out. Some of them have gone on to university, but have been that little bit older. And I think more able, uh, more that little bit more mature, um, just that little bit more ready to be out in a whole different environment than what they're used to. Um and it has worked really well. And unlike A levels, I mean we've never done them. And I can't imagine what you explaining there. I'm like, I'm so grateful that we haven't um had you know, we haven't found ourselves in that position of trying it out. It sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm probably um,
0: painting a very biased picture, but for us <laughs> it has been really difficult.
2: I mean it's you know, I can imagine, yeah, when you say that. I mean I never did like A levels myself even, but I to be honest even the thought of doing GCSEs and getting kids through exams like that and it seems a lot of pressure and a lot of a lot of stress compared to the route I feel like we've had a very unstressful homeschooling experience there hasn't been a big load of pressure and kind of um, I don't know is it the the kids that I know that are in school even doing GCSEs and a levels it seems to be a lot of stress on kids um we've been very laid back about it all my kids have done really well my three eldest boys all gone to university achieved a lot one's got two degrees and a master's um it's continuing you know that they've they've achieved academically they've done really well um and so i think well If it works in this much more non-stress kind of way, if I can put it in those words, um, why do the the expensive, stressful option? That's kind of mm -hmm. uh, how I see it kind of thing.
0: So so when I presented some of the challenges that we've had doing A levels we obviously used the British route now I'm getting the impression that you didn't find as many challenges because you use the American route which is um SATs and APs which we've actually done podcasts on so anyone listening can go and find our two podcasts that we've done on the American system but I'm wondering if you think there are any challenges to taking your child through to 18 regardless of the qualifications regardless of the route that you choose do you think there are any sort of inherent challenges or unique challenges to taking your child through to 18 and home educating them
1: i, I think that um you know i, I think that some people are going to be very keen on their kids you know getting out into you know the real world as it was at eight at 16 you know i think some people are just going to want to do that um you know they're going to feel at some point they've got to you know, be in the real world as it were, um, and they and they think 16 is the right time to do that, you know. And you know, personally, we have we wanted to wait, you know, another sort of bit. I think between the 16 to 18 bit, you've got children, you know, who are not so much children anymore, you know. Um, so I, th- I think they need more, you know, I think they need more than just being at home, you know. I, th- I think, you know, mine have, um, you know, I had one that climbed like a day a week, you know, he was just very. Physical and you know he had to spend a day climbing each week. You know I've had several of mine that did have done jobs. You know so they've done a job for a day a week, uh, or done sort of voluntary work, or you know music. So sort of been involved in like musical things, like orchestras and things like that. So I suppose you know the sixteen to eighteen bit. You know they, you you have to kind of almost prepare them and begin to prepare them for, for like the next step. So I suppose that's the challenge. You know and obviously there's you know there's the social challenge. You know which I think you, you know there's a transition you know but it's been such a joy to have children who who become interested in you know current affairs and politics and you know the world around them and and, you know actually being able to have you know play a part in their lives and then to not be you know not to be kind of you know in a secular you know environment kind of with all the kind of pressures and all the you know the things that kind of go with college and schools you know it's just been so nice to have been a part of their lives really at that point. I
0: think that's absolutely true and I know that with my son, even though he's not the most sociable boy, realistically, he's he's always been quite introverted, but he has done a, in the last two years, while he's been doing his A-levels, he's done an awful lot of other things. So he went to Thailand, learned scuba diving for four months. He's been volunteering for the last month in Sri Lanka. He's been doing other stuff. And I think that has been really integral actually to to helping um, that him grow into the kind of adult that one expects when they go to university.
2: I guess it's a similar argument to homeschooling in general. You know, people will say, no, you've got to have kids in school because they need to be mixing with other people, they need to have friends, they need to have, you know, all this outside of the home experience kind of thing. And I just feel, you know, they can if if they spend the majority of their day out of the home, you've got a completely different lifestyle. Whereas if you do their school with them at home and you have that that school time together and that's their like main thing, like their main part of their life is their home life and their family life. And then if you want them to be more sociable, if you want them to be doing this, that and the other, do it but don't have it as the sort of main priority i suppose you know if they're really sociable and they really want friends and they're desperate to do sports and you don't want them to miss out on this that and the other so you send them to school do do that uh, you know have them in clubs in the evening have them spending all day saturday doing something exciting that they're passionate about or you know so it's I suppose it's a similar thing. Why change that when they're sixteen to eighteen? Maybe they'll be out of the home more than they would be when they were twelve thirteen um you know maybe you you're just expanding that kind of you know maybe the the scale is tipping a little bit more into you know their interaction with
1: others. You also, I mean, also, you know, because, because, you know, the, the route we've chosen, I think they have a lot more time. I think the kids that do A-levels, it, it's just really full on. You know, it's just a really full on. They, they don't have much life apart from A-levels. Um, but, You know, I, I think it's different if, you, you know, so obviously some people choose their kids to go to college between 16 to 18 to do, you know, BTECs or, you know, any other qualifications. But if A-levels is kind of what you're doing, it's full on. You know, I think that our, what we've chosen hasn't been as full on as that. You know, it's interesting what you said about travel. You know, just our kids just travelled. I mean, from, you know, we we were done by May. You know, they were travelling like almost non-stop last year from like May to kind of the end of August. And they just had so much time to do so many things. It's almost like, you know, it's going to school restricts you and restricts your opportunities. Keeping them at home 16 to 18 almost expands your opportunities to do things. And you don't have to pay, you know, you can do things like, you know off season you know so it's it's been it's been great having having them at home and doing those cool things.
0: You know it's really funny because I've recorded a lot of these podcasts and and uh, I work as a life coach and a lot of a lot of my job is getting people to flip their narratives in their head from like negative narratives to positive narratives and often I think that home educators are the perfect example of people who are naturally able to flip negatives to positives because I've done so many of these podcasts. And whenever I talk about the challenges of home education, always we always end up turning into positives because realistically (laughs) that's how we feel about it right we always feel like these negatives actually aren't negatives and so invariably whenever we talk about challenges or negatives we always end up actually talking about how brilliant home ed is and then we've done that again and and i'm Mm -hmm. not ashamed of that i think that's brilliant but (laughs) but just in case anyone thinks we are like super biased which we are a little bit obviously um are there any do you think actual just pure out negatives to home educating through to 18 are there any just do you know what in all honesty it's like this thing isn't great
1: i think money you know obviously if they go to school you know it's free you know so i'd say that's the negative you you got as it's the same with home education it's not free you know unfortunately you know i know in some place in america you can get help from the government um It'd be nice if that ever happened here i remember birmingham so when we actually started off home educating birmingham paid for your children's if you were home educating birmingham used to pay for your music lessons um which just was so cool (laughs) you know but i mean that'd be amazing you know but yeah so we, we you know you have to pay for exam fees and you've got to pay for tutors if you're you know choosing that so yeah money i'd say money is the is the kind of the downside to it that you have to pay for it it's not free
0: in, in a classic flipping the negatives to a positive, I will say that in Wales, actually, you get quite a lot of support when you home educate. Mm. You get like free lessons and stuff like really? that. So I'm, wow. so I'm told. I'm <laughs> told. I know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not actually officially on the register in Wales, but I know that all the people around me, they get an awful lot of free stuff. Actually, it's quite good. Um, wow. Jenny, what do you think? Are, are there any uh, other than money, which is a very valid point, I think, from Helen? Are there any other sort of inherent negatives to home educating to 18? Do you get sick but, of your children? Are you like, get out of the door already, go somewhere else?
2: No, I just i the, quite the opposite. The the older they get, the more in love with them I am. It's such <laughs> a privilege, isn't it? Thing to say. I it is love a privilege be, having your children with you. I love having them around. And I don't know, I mean, I guess every family's different and every child is different and every daughter's hormones are different and every, you know, all the things that that can be challenges at that age for young people, um, you know, n- mine haven't been particularly rebellious or have bad attitudes. In, I mean, you know, there's always moments, but in general, I'd say, you know, they're easy to get along with. There's been, you know, various challenges here and there at certain ages when they'll you know start to be more you know it's not it's not been an absolutely smooth ride but when I when I look at it from you know stand back and look at it all in a general kind of way I just think those years when they are have been that age and they are at home a lot I don't know I think the more time you spend together somehow the more the more you get along. I don't know.
0: How is that? It's true. No, it's true. And actually, I I recorded a really interesting podcast with Lainey Liberty, who is like a gentle parenting expert. And she said exactly the same thing. She said that basically, uh, she'd noticed that amongst homeschoolers and world schoolers, where the parents spend an awful lot of time with their children, the children don't tend to have the teen rebellions. And I've Mm. certainly noticed that. I I kept Mm -hmm. waiting for it and waiting for it because all my (laughs) friends, parents, you know, all the parents... Um, that I knew who, whose children were at school. They'd all said, yes, it's going to happen, particularly with my daughter. They all said, yes, just wait for it. One day she'll flip. She won't like you anymore. She'll be really mean, really rude. I waited and I waited and I waited. Mm-hmm. She's 15, nearly 16, not happened. And and my sons had no, no kind of uh, rebellious, kind of being mean, kind of disrespectful stuff. And it, it seems to be because you build up the relationship. And again, look at us, we've... <laughs> We're not talking about the challenges. We're talking about how I'm raising home ed is. So, okay, so I'm going. I'm going to push you now Jenny There must be there must be one thing that you think is a bit of a drag about it.
2: I mean, I'm not saying it's all wonderful all the time, but that's just parenting, no. I mean, I so much of it I just equate with it's this. It's the same. If you didn't homeschool, and you said, okay, what's it like being a parent? You'd say sometimes it drives you up the wall, and you're just ready to walk out the door. But there is so much joy and there's so much goodness, so much, you know, it's so amazing and profound to be a parent, even though there's times in the middle of the night when you've got a crying baby that you are ready to throw in the towel. You know, I think it's the same with homeschooling. There'll be days you are totally ready to throw that book at the child (laughs) or you're ready to storm out and say, I give up. I am not doing this anymore. There will be moments like that. But there is so much joy in it, too. There's that, you know, deep down. I just think it it's so profoundly amazing that it's worth so, those little moments.
0: I, I definitely agree. I think the benefits, even going up to 18, the benefits of having your child with you are just lovely. You know, it, it mm. they are wonderful benefits. One thing I would say that I've noticed with my children who are now like like I say, my daughter's nearly 16. My son is nearly 18. I'm finding that I think I'm just flagging a little bit. <laughs> I think I'm just, as as they're getting older, I think, I think I'm just, I'm taking a few more shortcuts. When I think about, for example, I have to go through all their exam dates for next summer, look at them all. We've got a long way to travel to the exam center. I, I want to have a think about whether I get a rental rather than paying for a hotel overnight. I need to go through all of the provisional dates, book them into my car. And I just, I've been putting it off for weeks mm. because it, it, I feel like I've been doing this a long time now. And I, I think part <laughs> of me is has a, a kind of a natural flagging. And and I think that's why in part next summer, when I kind of graduate in inverted commas, um, when my son goes off to his gap year, my daughter goes off to college, I kind of feel like I'm ready for that graduation now so I think for me the only negative might be that I feel like I feel like I'm I'm struggling a little bit more yeah. like with the enthusiasm and the energy and yeah
2: mm. yeah I know what you mean you do start to to flag um but at the same time here's me switching to the positive again I think I've become more laid back and I would have been when they were younger I mean I'm definitely speaking all the things that I've said I'm speaking from uh, myself at this stage kind of thing when I look back I was much more stressed when my older ones were graduating I'm like have we done this right should we you know you're kind of you're much more um, uh, well you're you're more keen and you're much more conscientious because you're making sure you're getting all right. Whereas now I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. The other ones have turned out fine. We'll just Well, I mean, we were doing a um some school this morning and there was a test. And I'm like, oh we'll just do it orally, it's fine. Oh, just look at the book and find the answers and then then we'll just go back over you know, I'm totally like but I mean part of that is confidence because, you know, actually if they write all that out word for word, it's gonna, we're probably going to benefit more from it if we just sit here and talk it all through and have a big discussion about it. And so, you know, being more laid back and being a bit more free about things is can be a good thing, too. Yeah, I we, think you're right.
0: You know, and actually, here's me talking about lack of energy. But my daughter was quite late last night, wanted to make some flashcards for her maths, uh, you know, I think it's something to do with indices, and she wanted to get out the um, uh, bot. You know the um, wire, fluffy what? What are they called? Pipe uh, pipe, pipe cleaners. Yeah, she wanted to get out <laughs> pipe cleaners, the glue gun, card, felt it pens, and like two years ago, I'd be like. Yes okay let's do that and and last night I was like yeah okay they're all in the corner just go for your life yeah yep. plug the glue, glue gun in but actually exactly. like you say that's kind of a bonus yeah. right because it actually means you're more chilled and you're giving them more autonomy so okay I'll take that mm. as a win then what about what about you <laughs> helen is it because I'm aware that as I was talking about this that you've been doing it for a lot longer than me and you're not flagging so I'm feeling a bit inferior <laughs> it's,
1: yeah i was just thinking as you were talking so my son's doing um, an ap human geography um this year uh so, so he's like a, there's like an a-level equivalent but it's only a one-year course which is you know for us the, the real plus of them um and it's just really interesting i mean i you know i just didn't expect it to be you know but i i meet him every day and we kind of go through it and it's um it's just like a, it's like a bond i guess you know so we you know we meet every day to talk about this subject and invariably you talk about other stuff as well like how was you know jujitsu last night or you know what you got on today or how are you feeling about this? You know, so it's like we kind of meet every day to talk about this. And my son last year was doing AP um, biology, you know, and that's the same, you know. So I've, I don't know. I, I mean, I've learned, I, and I'm still learning, you know. I've, you know, my kids have all done a lot of Latin, you know, so we've done a lot of Latin over the years. But I'm still, you know, I've learned a lot about human geography this <laughs> since September. I learned a lot. I never studied biology, and I learned a lot about biology. You know, so you are still. I don't know, I suppose I've still got the energy to, and the interest to be able to, because you've got, it's a different child, isn't it? So it's, it's not the same. It's like a different child that's doing it, perhaps. And, you know, you want to help them. And I don't know, it's good. You know, I, I enjoy doing it. You know, it's it's fun, you know, working with them and learning with them.
0: I stand in awe of your continued (laughs) enthusiasm. I really do. So what about, I mean, I feel like every time we we talked about challenge, we talked about a benefit, but let's talk about the benefits of taking your child through to 18. And I'm going to, I'm going to off the top of my head list a few so that people don't think I'm like all out negative about it. Having my son at home has been amazing uh, through to 18, just watching him um maturing that way because boys i think as well they do a lot of their maturing from like 15 through to 18 actually um so that's been really lovely i've also he's had a lot more opportunities to travel as you say go and do volunteering sort of discover himself a little bit um and i suppose there's a certain element much like home ed where you're you have a certain control over their learning in as much as they can choose their subjects there's no worries about oh we can't sit this one because you know I don't know it clashes with something else you can't do these two a levels at the same time obviously i can choose really good tutors which has been a bonus cuz you know when you go to i know that my friend whose daughter is in a local college they've not had a, ke- a qualified chemistry tutor for the entire autumn term and that's not that unusual i think and so you know i we've been lucky in that he when the tutors have been available, I've been able to get him very good online tutors because when you're online, you can choose a whole world full of tutors, right? You know, you don't have to just choose the ones that are in your proximity. So there's been, there's definitely been bonuses. The children's relationship together, the sibling relationship has stayed really uh, strong. They've still been able to spend lots of time together. Like I say, they both went volunteering together last month. So they just spent the whole month together. So I think there wasn't that. Um, There wasn't that split between them where one went off to college and one stayed at home that I think otherwise, you know, might have maybe, I don't know, might have might have damaged their relationship a little bit in this quite, quite sort of important time, isn't it? When they're late teens, I think, or mid teens. So I can see some benefits, but I suspect you two have lots more benefits. So do do spam me with all your benefits for keeping your child at home till they're 18. Sounds like we're yeah. imprisoning them in the home. Actually, let me rephrase that: <laughs> home educating your
1: child until they're eighteen. I suppose you know we we've enjoyed A levels tend to be narrow. You know, so I think we've enjoyed that like, the breadth of curriculum that we do. You know, so with the American system that we've chosen, uh, we have more subjects. You know, A levels do tend to have sort of like three subjects. Uh, we tend to have sort of like pretty six subjects. You know, for uh, the kind of uh, sixteen to eighteen bits. So I think we've enjoyed doing that. Um, and we've been able to have more sort of influence, I suppose, about kind of what what that looks like, you know. So we can, we have more, you know. So if you do English literature, you know, there's certain set texts for it, you know. You have you have less control over what it is that they're doing. So I think we've enjoyed doing a system where we, you know, if they want to study Russian literature, they can study Russian literature, you know, that, or whatever it might be, you know. If it's some sort of you know unusual type of biology, they could do that. So I think we've we've enjoyed. You know facilitating that you know with our children
0: and that's Um, because the american system of APs they're one-year courses that are basically about half the content of an A level but equate to a full A level when you're applying to university and and as I say for anyone listening who wants to know a bit more about APs we have done a whole podcast on this but because they are slightly shorter in length you can do more of them And so and they're slightly more niche, aren't they? Although they don't have to be. But I know you do have some quite interesting subject options. You mentioned human geography, which I'm almost certainly can't do an A level in. Um, And so you felt that it's almost moving a bit more to the International Baccalaureate, where you you're still doing quite a nice range of subjects. So that was a a benefit for you. Yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think the International Baccalaureate is a a good way to explain it. I think people often know what that is. Um, Yeah. So I think I think we've really enjoyed the the, the breadth of uh, learning. Um, and then, I mean, you know, I think we sort of said it all before, you know, I think just having having them around, you know, and just being a part of their lives. I think I think for all, us as a family, you know, I, I remember my sixth form and it was, uh, there were just a lot of things, you know, in that sixth form that I, I just wouldn't want for my children. You know, there was a, a, you know, a lot of smoking, you know, I started smoking, I started drinking a lot during that kind of period. There was a lot of promiscuity, you know, and there was just a lot of stuff going on that, you know i wouldn't choose some my children to be kind of a part of you know at, at that point you know so when they
0: encountered this at university regardless because i sometimes think that college mm-hmm. is almost like a kind of kindergarten for vices that then mm-hmm. you'd encounter in a bigger scale at university that maybe i sometimes worry that my son will go to university and, and like have these big wide eyes like oh my god is this what the world is like <laughs> because he hasn't been to college
1: <laughs> yeah i mean I, and yeah and, and that's an argument that's kind of what people say i suppose you know six of mine have gone to university um and have navigated their way through it uh as as 18 year olds as opposed to 16 year olds I And mean, it's just a big it's a big big difference you know so i think that 16 to 18 bit what we were saying before i think travel is is really amazing if you can do it i think the opportunity to travel between 16 to 18 and the opportunity to work uh, I mean, so many young people now i think in the past people yeah, most young people did work but i think so young people now tend not to work because they're so full-on with college and a levels that they was, they can't work because they haven't got enough time to do it so I think I think the experience of working and the experience of traveling uh, and you know and just the other whatever it is whatever else they're into it sort of matures them in a way that enables them to go to university or the workplace whatever it is that they do at 18 much at a much better place than kind of, you know, than they would be otherwise. It's almost like, I I think they kind of almost know who they are, you know, at 18 in a much better way than a lot of kids that have kind of not, you know, not had those experiences.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think the difference between a 16 year old and sometimes actually they're a bit younger than 16, and an 18 year old, and sometimes because they're a bit older than 18, I think there's a huge difference in how formed they are with their identity, how resilient they are to challenges. And and so, yeah, I completely agree. As you were talking, I was utterly convinced. I'm like, yeah, who needs college? It's like kindergarten for vice. They don't put that on the posters, do they? Come to our 16 to 18 college. <laughs> what about you, Jenny? What do you think about benefits for her uh, home educating to 18?
2: Yeah, I, I think you summed it up well there, Eleanor. It I means. it's... Um... I think as you say that 16 to 18 time is such a unique time in your whole in your whole life i mean your whole childhood i suppose if you want to call it it's um you're really maturing and you know finding your your own identity as it were like your um you know i i when i think of my kids at those ages you're much more finding the things that you really enjoy doing that's when they like become obsessed with a certain i don't know whatever their interests are or um one of my girls is just loves cooking and being in the kitchen and she's she's got the time like helen mentioned it's it's the time that you have you you can still just focus on things that you love um whether it's music or something outside the home, or or just something that you can develop and explore yourself, and yeah, the, having that freedom. Um, if you're going to do A levels, as Helen says, it it's um it's all consuming. It seems those subjects. The people that I know doing them, like I mentioned already, that the the pressure and the stress levels are higher, and you're you're under you know. You're not having that relaxed freedom to just be and you know not to say that mine don't work hard at that age they do they're they're you know they do have quite a few subjects, they are studying hard, but there's a certain um lack of of pressure there, and I think at that age it is such a good thing at that age to um you know develop without that pressure and stress kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and I think um, that that idea of um, available time, even, even my son who's doing A-levels at home, and this, as I say, he got his spreadsheet out and he worked out how much time he was save by doing them at home. And there's no doubt that I suspect he's doing more hours than if he was doing the American route. But he's definitely doing fewer hours than if he was at a college because mm-hmm. he does maybe five hours a day, five days a week. Now, at a college, you probably have more hours and you have work, given to you. So there's no doubt that you're right. I think I think A-levels are very, A-levels at, at college and actually college courses, whether it's A-levels or not, can be quite all-consuming with time. My daughter, who's going to college at 16, purely for the social side, otherwise I would keep her at home because there's no benefit academically at all. Um, she She's going to have to get the bus, that's 45 minutes. Then she's going to be at college most of the day, 45 minutes coming home. They're going to be full days and at home there's actually a better qualification we could do online over 2 years that would make her better qualified would maybe hour and a half 2 hours a day maximum but she's going for the social side so time wise there's no there's absolutely no i mean it's doesn't make, it's irrational to send her to college when she could do so much better at home but she wants to go and you know it's it's the social side so i get the impression that a lot of the benefits that you've found come from the option that you've taken which is the american route so let's talk about the options open to home educated children who want to stay home educated until they're 18 so there's obviously the a levels route which is the route that my son is taking there's epqs which kind of like are kind of half an a level and they normally run alongside a levels actually they're not really stand alone but what other options are there other than the more traditional a level route
1: Okay, so I mean, I, we can talk about APs, but and, and okay. I know. Okay, so so what we so we, we do is um. So uh, just before we say that, so I know that there are a lot of other qualifications, a lot of language qualifications that people do, people do Open University qualifications, and I'm sure that there are, I'm sure there are stacks of other ones out there. You know, uh, you know, which I certainly don't know that much about all those other qualifications, but I'm sure.
0: There's a lot I'm of sure level three style, like level mm-hmm. three style BTECs, level three style qualifications that I think you can, I think you can do most of them at home. So I think they're good options, particularly for things that are a bit vocational. But let's mm-hmm. talk about the AP route then, because mm-hmm. this is the route that you, that you two have
1: both chosen. Okay, so I mean, our, not all kids are academic. You know, I think our kids, my kids have been academic. So um, I wanted them to have A-level equivalents and the option to go to university. Uh, so we, we followed that you know and we we found it out found out about it um so we uh for british universities not all british universities some you don't need ap's but most good uni- british universities you need ap exams um and they're one year courses so it's the same difficulty as an a level but uh there's less of it um so it's a one year course as opposed to a two year course um and you know we start so my kids have done uh you know I don't know, about sort of like generally about three, some of them done four APs uh, in whichever subjects. And it's it's a similar range to A probably slightly different subjects at A level. But, you know, obviously things like maths and physics and languages and things like that. So the subjects are, you know, fairly standard uh, subjects. And you do the exam. Um, so you start at the end of August and you finish. You do the exam in May. Uh, there's one paper. Uh, there are no essays at all in any of them uh it's half multiple choice and half free response questions uh so you don't mm-hmm. write an essay I know Sounds wow a I know, joy. It's, uh, yeah so I so I would certainly say if you do APs and you want to go to university to do history or English you should practice some essays along the way it wouldn't be very wise to have not so obviously you would have practiced that in the subjects that you're studying but in terms of the exam you're not examined on your essays um but yeah they're they're equivalent to a to an A level you know and it gives you so much more time to uh yeah, to, to pursue other things. So yeah, that's what we've done. A
0: university look at your. I mean, I know that you, your children, both of you have done the high school diploma route. Now, wouldn't a university look at a child who's maybe done GCSEs, then they choose to do APs, then they apply to a British university as a British citizen? Wouldn't they be a bit like, why have you done APs?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I think very. I guess it's still fairly new, and I don't know anyone that's done that. I don't know anyone that's done GCSEs and done APs. I suppose what I think some people have decided to do. I know several people that have done GCSEs, and they've sort of used the GCSEs on, on their high school diplomas. They've made a high school diploma using the GCSEs, and they've kind of gained credits for them on their high school diploma. So it looks a more coherent application for university. Uh, so at some point they've decided actually, you know, I want to, you know, I want to do APs. So they, so they uh, just done. Declare
0: they just wouldn't declare well, the GCSEs. I, I guess
1: you could do both. I mean, I guess you could say I've done GCSEs, but then I've also got this high school diploma. So you could use your APs. It's all it's all very complicated. You need to listen to the podcast, but um, <laughs> but you could use your GCSEs and your APs to make up a high school diploma, and then that would be a more coherent, I guess, application to university. Yeah,
0: and actually, yeah. since we recorded the podcast. My daughter, who's doing GCSEs, we've also signed her up to do the high school diploma. So we're doing exactly what you said. We're transferring the GCSE study onto the high school diploma. And then that's purely if she turns around three months into college and says, you know, I don't, I hate college. It's like I'm getting wet every time I have to walk to school because walk to college because I'm you know I have forgot my umbrella I mean I can just imagine the issues that are going to come up and so we've um we've gone the high school diploma route as a kind of belts and braces idea so that she could then do a couple maybe three APs and then if she did want to go to university which she adamantly says she doesn't then at least she has has that option there so actually we've done exactly what you're saying we've mm. actually transferred the credits from GCSEs mm. to,
1: to high school right. diploma. One of mine was adamant she was never ever going to go to university. And, you know, but I really wanted her to have the option, you know. So she did the APs, uh, got not very good schools at all in them, and then traveled for uh, several years and has now decided basically it worked out when she was trying to apply for uni- for jobs that there were just so many jobs that you needed a degree for. You know, they were just it was very difficult like to not have a degree. Um, so she's got but she got into university on the back of having quite low APs, but um you know she, she she's now doing a business degree you know
0: is this so, in america
1: yeah. no no in the uk oh, and really? you know oxford brooks so you know and it's yeah so a, a lot of kids i think are no way going to go to university but then uh, you know a couple of years down the line sometimes they do
0: yeah exactly that's why i've said she keeps saying to me why am i doing this why do i have to do the high school diploma alongside so, even though it's no extra work for her but <laughs> i say just because you know children change really quickly and they can if if she turns mm. around at 19 and says she wants to go to university I will feel like I've failed if I've not allowed her that option so mm. okay Jenny so what about um we've looked at the AP route we've looked at which is the American route we've looked at a levels and I know there are some other options but apart from the AP option this may be a really difficult question for you to answer so feel free not feel free to say I have no idea but do you know if there's any other options that people can take from 16 to 18 at home?
2: I have no idea. There we are, that works.
0: <laughs> I did think as I was asking you, I thought, yeah. she's not going to know. Why am I
2: asking her? No, I mean, I think we just, you know, we we started down the American route and we've, we've kept with it and we've been happy with it. So we've never had a, a need to change uh, and to find something different, I guess. Okay,
0: so it's, it's clear, I think that for us there, I found some challenges to home educating through to 18. And there are maybe some integral challenges, not many, probably more financial for me, a certain amount of lagging of energy. um, And there's a huge amount of benefits. And but I think you have to choose your options quite carefully. So I think you have to research your options and think about your roots. So is there anything that either of you would like to say, just kind of finish off the podcast or to sum up? Uh, home-educated through to
2: 18? Uh, su- <laughs> I was going to say not not to sum up necessarily, but something I think that's worth mentioning that we haven't mentioned is um, while well, doing the high school diploma anyway, I have found I've got one, one particular child who has learning difficulties and it's been quite a struggle to get through school. He's now finished, he's working, he finished last year. Um, but just to mention that you know, we've done all this talk of A levels and APs and university entrance and everything, but for me, um, I'm another reason I'm so grateful to have, have been going that high school diploma route is if you do have a child that does struggle, that does have difficulties and problems um, academically, that it's still so possible to do it because there, he could not have sat exams, so he hasn't had to. He didn't take APs because he's not going to be going to university or college. Um, I mean, I can't say never, never, but, you know, he's got learning difficulties enough that he's just not going to be an academic kid. And um, a high school diploma has been such a good way of getting him through. And we did the bare minimum. We just covered the bases that needed to be covered. He got um, exceptions like... um, Uh, what's the word you know leeway here and there on different things because you're able to do that and he he got his certificate of a high school diploma which can be translated if need be into five GCSEs Um, and his is probably worth roughly five GCSEs because he's done the minimum Uh, the other kids have probably theirs is probably of much higher value but you know that's all that you can translate it into um, but yeah, so just to say that that it's it's you know for a non-academic child it's so possible to and for them to have that achievement and and success with it, you know.
0: And the high school diploma runs theoretically from fourteen to eighteen,
1: doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So it's a it's a four-year qualification.
2: Mm. Um, it is possible to do it in three, if need be. I'm I'm hoping to do it in two.
0: I don't know if I will. Well, <laughs> mainly the, because we've already we kind of retrospectively did some of the sure. years before GCSEs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. But I mean, with my with my struggling learner, because we were just doing the minimum, we managed uh, to fit it in in three.
0: So, for any of our listeners um, who might find the idea of doing APs interesting, or might just be interested in keeping their child at home, <laughs> again, it sounds like we're imprisoning them. Home educating our child through to 18, there are other options. And if any of our listeners are interested in the options that Helen and Jenny have pursued, maybe you could let our listeners know where they can find you on social media or any website links or anything like that.
2: If you, I mean, our website is Um, We also have a Facebook page. Just look up Domoxlearning Learning and an Instagram um, I think you find it if you just search "Dumb Ox Learning." But is be... is,
0: is the ox dumb, as in stupid, or dumb as in can't talk? Stupid. <laughs> oh, it's a stupid ox. Yeah, <laughs> although it might be just a very quiet ox.
2: <laughs> so... it's, um, uh, we it's uh, a very brainy man who lived many centuries ago, Saint Thomas Aquinas. He was super, super intelligent, and his nickname was the Dumb Ox. And um, we chose that just because it was a little bit quirky um, and hopefully memorable. Uh, it is so, memorable. Yeah.
0: but And weirdly, I studied way too much Thomas Aquinas at university. And I didn't know he was called a dumb ox, but I may have called oh. him a dumb ox in my head quite a few times, actually, when I was studying him. So <laughs> I can see how that might have happened. So yeah. thank you so much, Helen and Jenny for joining us on the podcast. And I will also be putting the links to the website and the Facebook page in the show notes. So um, if anyone would like to uh, check it out, do have a look. I know that DUMOX Learning do a lot of really interesting courses, not just APs, but also kind of enrichment classes that are on all sorts of different subjects, wild and wonderful subjects. So do have a look at that. And again, thank you, Helen, and thank you, Jenny, so much for joining me again on the podcast. Thank
1: Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you. It's a real, real joy to be here and chat.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for today's Home Education Matters podcast. See you at the next one. Have a lovely day.